Hello and welcome to K-Pop Sunday, brought to you by K-Pop Sunday before you have to go back to work on Monday. We are your hosts, Onyx, Men, and JR. Welcome to episode 5. We usually do our episodes in Paris, where the first episode is more lighthearted and the second episode is a bit more informational. That won't happen in December and January, mostly just because those are pretty weird months with a lot of holidays and traveling and it's just a mess. So the next, well, including this episode, the next four episodes are just gonna be a bit all over the place. They will be fun, so please listen to them. We will still have a trivia question and everything will be cool and can you believe we're in december because i can't so with it being december it means that our main tumblr blog called k-pop of the day 2 which you may or may not have heard us talking about post of the day which comes from that blog that blog is coming to an end because we started it in january and we're ending it in december does this mean that we're gonna stop giving you a song recommendation in in every episode? No. We're still gonna continue doing that. They're just not gonna be from posts being uploaded in the same day, but probably posts we wrote either last year or a couple of years ago, but still being released at the same day as our podcast is released. Does that make sense? I hope so. Since the year is coming to a close, we have decided to talk about some of our favorite 2019 K-pop related things. So, a start. What was your favorite thing of 2019, Onyx? So, I've got a couple things on my list. Some of these did not come out this year, just that I discovered them this year. Like, the existence mm-hmm. of Walry, that's been fantastic. Same with Clover, I finally discovered them, and I don't know. It explains so much about Unjiwan's discography, with the fact that Clover exists. And then with Unjiwan releasing I'm on Fire this year, like, it has total callbacks to early Clover days. Like, it just makes so much sense. But I did, however, discover Target this year. I love them. I really liked Very Very's Tag Tag Tag. Those are two great releases. Well, Target came out with a couple good stuff. And then also, uh, I for the first time, I saw the music video for Cherry Filter's Romantic Cat, which was a release that came out when I was in middle school. But I'd never seen the music video for it until this year. And it's like, ah, that makes sense. But another track that I really liked, just because I thought it was hilarious, was Red Velvet's Zim Zambeline. How do you pronounce it right? <laughs> Zim Zalabim. Oh, Zim <laughs> But the track that gave me the most joy has to come from Red Velvet for their track, Zim Zalabim, because the beginning makes me think of The Sims. Because, like, that sounds like something The Sims would say. And just, <laughs> I can't get that out of my head. Because, you know, Sims used to do releases where they would have artists record their songs, but in Simlish. And just the idea of K-pop doing it just cracks me up. So... Endless amusement for me. But really, uh, the number one thing that has been great this year, it's been a great year to be an HOT fan, which normally you don't, you can't say that. But um, we've had a couple of great things happen this year. Wuhyuk just released two comebacks. And in the first one, he was a very soft boy. If you, if uh, you know him, he usually is a very intense dancer, rapper. So to see him sort of pull it back, it was kind of a surprise because that's not his style. But I was very proud of him for taking that step and trying something new. So I thought that was pretty cool. Also, uh, we got some very interesting pictures of Kangta this year. I'm very sad that Hedwig isn't continuing with him. But what we did get, I'm very happy with. Another thing has to be the health 
of the HOT members. Tony announced this year that he quit smoking, which I'm very proud of him for. Uh, recently, it was announced that he June is trying to get his health on track, not by doing crash diets, but actually talking to professionals and working on exercise as well as eating well. So I'm really hoping that he becomes healthy because he's got a very bad history of yo-yo dieting. I really just want him to stay healthy because he's just happier when he can bounce everywhere. But obviously, I'm most excited about the fact that Jaywon was extremely confident in himself this year, which doesn't usually exist. He has just been posting a lot of stuff to Instagram just because he's proud of himself. He's like, you know what? I look cute today. I'm going to post a picture. So that's been great. HOT got to keep their name. Well, they've got, got to call themselves, I believe, High Five a Teenager now. They can't use the acronym, but I'm still thrilled over that. They're still performing together. They had a concert recently, right? Yeah, and everyone said how this concert was their best in a long time because all of the members had so much energy and confidence and everyone just had a really good time from what I've heard. That's great. Yeah, there was just so many things that like, usually you can't say, oh, my first generation group had a great year. Like every single member had a great time this year. But you know, for HOT, this was their year. 2019 was the year of HOT. Just (laughs) with them being happy with themselves, them trying to be healthy, them trying to explore new things. Like I'm just, I'm so proud of them. Like as a longtime fan, them being confident with themselves and being happy, like I'm happy. So yeah, this was just a great year to be a first generation idol fan. Hopefully next year we'll bring about some more good news. I don't want to spoil our podcast for next month, but yeah, I'm hoping for some good stuff. So <laughs> yes, I, I I didn't really, a lot of the artists I typically listen to, uh, they did not release a lot of good tracks this year. But to be fair though, <laughs> some of it was, some of them had very different producers. Some of them were very tired. Some of them had members missing. Some of them had drama and they had members walk away. So to be fair, there was a lot going on this year, but what did come out was really disappointing. So when I saw Target making releases, Walry, Unjiwan, Clover, Cherry Filter, that one Red Velvet song, just uh, very, very, and um, Wuhyak, like those were just my favorite releases. So yeah, I had a good time. So Min, why don't you tell us about you? What was great in Min's world this year? Okay, so first thing is basically the first big K-pop concerts in Norway happened because there hasn't really been a lot of K-pop concerts here or Korean bands here. That has changed. The most notable was the event Voyage to K-pop, which was an event to celebrate the relationship between Norway and Korea. And basically Monsta X and Mumuland and a couple of others came to hold a concert for free, which I didn't get tickets to because I overslept, but I still saw Monster X go into a car and was pushed up on the hood of their minivan. That was really <laughs> awkward. But I saw some idols. There's also been a couple of smaller concerts like Entic was here this year. I think Alpha Bat was here this year. So that's pretty cool. Didn't go to any of those concerts either because I'm broke. But things are happening. In my own personal space, I like to dance. So I did a total of 22 dance covers on Instagram, which if you compare it to people like actual serious dance cover Instagrammers, that's not a lot. But for somebody like me, who just gives up on dancing like every three months, that's a lot. I think I did good. (laughs) Are we going to shout out your Instagram? Yes, let's do it. Oh, no. Yes. That's my Instagram. You actually do quite a few good covers, to be fair. Like, yes, yes. (laughs) Thank you. 
my Instagram is called ectoplasmic. Okay, pop grandma. <laughs> yeah. I've been planning to do more. I just, I moved and haven't had, I don't have the space. Oh, you don't have the dance area anymore? No, because I don't live in that apartment. Yeah. Yeah, it was the last apartment. Very sad. It was a good place for filming. There's no light in my uh, current living situation. Oh. Light boxes. I am broke. <laughs> <laughs> Bring every lamp you own into one room. Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> yeah, I used to do that, but I don't own any separate lamps. <laughs> one day. I also went to six random K-pop play dance events. If you go look on my YouTube called Ectoplasmic Blood, there is a playlist where you can find all of them and see me oh so miserably fail. But it's fun, even though I'm a very awkward person. I still went, and that was cool. And I also competed in a dance competition at the Umuna Otto. Basically the K-pop con of Norway. That was their eighth iteration of the event. We didn't win. We covered Fancy by Twice in front of the dude that made the choreography for Fancy and we completely butchered it and we felt so bad <laughs> for the dude having to watch us butcher his choreography. Sorry. Sorry, bro. <laughs> Just the fact that you imitated it, though, that's still flattery because it shows that you have an interest in his work. Oh, yeah. He was so hyped. Like, that's all exciting, of the judges yeah. were, like, sitting in their chairs being a little super judgy mode. And once Fancy came up, he was like, oh, yeah, jumping and clapping. And we were all like, <laughs> good for you. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But in the world of actual k-pop it has been such a good year for female solo singers like oh my god there's so many good girl solo releases this year like Ailey was back lehigh was back sunmi chungha jesse tiffany hayes i'm not entirely sure how you pronounce hayes 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 i think it's hayes or hayes i don't know i've never actually heard it pronounced now that I think about it. <laughs> Same. So yeah, so many good solo girl group songs, along with like actual girl groups, like the very sadly underproduced Sunny Hill comeback. I really like that song, but oh, was it on a low budget? Ball Force, I can't pronounce the entire group's name. Bulbugan Four? I don't know. Ball Four. They released a song called Workaholic, which I listened to on repeat because it's just great. And also Brown Eyed girls finally made a comeback <laughs> after so many years they are finally back i love it i was a bit disappointed in the wonder woman dance mostly because their background dancers weren't actual like not trained dancers so you could see that the choreography didn't sit that well with all of the performers which is kind of sad but you know it's still beautiful music video their ballad song beautiful aesthetics Great. I love them. I feel very alone here. <laughs> I never got into them. Or at least not yet. So I, I don't... That's fair. Although I did like Chung Ha's comebacks. Those were really good. Whom's did you like? Snapping or Gotta Go? Both of them. Yeah. Didn't Chica come out this year too? I didn't like that song as much, but Snapping and Gotta Go was so good. Oh yeah, she had a lot of good stuff this year. Also, well, yeah, Twice as Fancy. It's great. I didn't like their second comeback 
that much because i don't know it's just not that good yeah i didn't like it as much either as fancy no black pink had a also kind of rushed comeback with kill this love and don't know what to do i love don't know what to do but it's such a summer song and it came out very early in the year i think if i'm not completely mistaken yeah i heard that it was supposed to be a summer release i think but they ended up pushing it back for reasons yeah still a good song though kill this love it grew on me i didn't like it at first listen but I don't mind it now. As you might tell, I am very into girl groups, but I also really liked a couple of Stray Kids' releases. They had a lot of releases this year. The groups. I still don't know how to pronounce them. One Us? Yeah, One Us. That's that's what their Wikipedia said. I am... Uh, my brain <laughs> does not understand this name. <laughs> it's spelled oddly, honestly. Yeah. But their song, Valkyria, or Valkyrie, is that how you say it in an yeah, English that's, accent? that's it. Yeah, that is. Although your your pronunciation is much better, so we'll go with yours. <laughs> the English one just doesn't sound right in my brain. <laughs> Even though I think they're spelled a bit differently. No, wait, they're spelled the same way. I'm really? smart. <laughs> that's so interesting. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the same. Anyway, Valkyria, great song. Should listen to it. Very good. Cool dance. They did good on that one. Then also in a bit more like, not music releases, but things that happened with Hyanna and Idan Don, I don't know, he changed his name, joining P Nation. That's good. P Nation actually releasing music. Very good. I'm not saying I liked all of their songs that they released, but that they yes. actually started releasing music. Great. And that CL finally left YG after YG has uh, They've had a rough not year. treated her right. She had to leak her own songs. Still didn't yeah, get that's released. Poof. Side note, doing something on CL would be really interesting, I feel like. Like an episode on yeah. her. So it, it's interesting. A lot of interesting things are happening with pretty big name artists leaving their agencies and hopefully getting better deals. So next couple of years will be interesting and probably have or hopefully have some good comebacks if they're allowed to come back because not every group who leaves their company is allowed to ever come back. Just uh, That's ominous. <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> yeah... Yeah, but at least at least it's easier though in recent years with them. Even if you don't have a lot of the resources you had with a company, you can still post online. Generally speaking, depends on the contract terms of getting out and stuff like that. But you can still like release music on SoundCloud or on YouTube. So there still are more venues than there were in the past that I think make it possible for artists to survive. But yeah, we're seeing so much with the thing that always determines whether group, how the longevity of a group, whether they're with a company or not, whether they stay with the company or not, is really the original contract that they signed onto and what shape was it in by the time that they left. Yeah. That really determines everything. And unfortunately, it's, it varies widely on not just people who are going the legal route and like what the law requires but there's also some people who still skirt around the law and they just haven't been brought to light yet even if people suspect or people know it, there hasn't been a whole public court case to bring out those details so there's a lot of people who, a lot of groups who to me um i have my sp suspicions of but until the artist or the companies or the courts 
making the public. I'm just running on assumptions, which doesn't help anyone. Yeah, on your point with it's easier to get your stuff released now. I still feel so bad about Sori from Coco Sori mm -hmm. having to make a Kickstarter to launch her music video. I think Coco Sori also did that for their last song together. I feel like I've seen more of that recently. More of K-pop artists turning to Kickstarter. Yeah. Which the thing that bugs me about it, it's like, that's the point of your company. Yeah, it's just sad. Then if your company doesn't have the funds to put that forward, then like that's supposed to be like one of the reasons why you go to a company in the first place. It's like with YouTube, like when MCNs were a bigger deal than they are now, like people wanted to join them. The reasons why were that the companies had more resources, then that can help you make better content and give you the ability to do stuff quicker, more availability and stuff like that. But if they don't have have all those things which is the reason why you join them in the first place and they're not promoting your stuff then what is the point of them if they don't have resources to help you with music then why are they there yeah why are you still with that's the problem is i feel like there's we need to have it pushed back more on companies of responsibility that if you are going to start signing people to contracts especially exclusive contracts where they can only release stuff under you then you don't release anything you're like oh i can't then you need to release them or do something something like don't just keep them under you and keep the debt piling on when there's nothing coming out of it yeah let's talk about less sad things so jr what's your favorite 2019 stuff in k-pop okay so i've mentioned him before and i will mention him again but my main artist of this year has to be sam kim he is his music is just so good i actually found him in december of last year but i have consistently been listening to him for the past 12 months if not longer. So yeah, Makeup was the first song of his that I came across, and then I ended up listening to the rest of the Sun and Moon album, which that's off of, and I just, I fell in love with all of the music on it, and I listened to his older stuff, and I don't know, I just, I really like his music. One of my favorite songs off of the Sun and Moon album is Sunny Days and Summer Nights. It's really mellow, and I like listening to it on repeat, because it's just calming, very nice. And to kind of counter that, his most recent release is called Where's My Money, and it's much different from the other one but it's really catchy and I mean all his music is catchy so if you don't know Sam Kim yeah look him up you will not be disappointed some girl group songs that I really love this year Orange Caramel's Shanghai Romance again a very catchy song also newest's Minhyun is in the music video before he debuted so he's very young in it but yeah it's just really catchy A Pink's I hate pronouncing this because they pronounce it one way in the song but I've heard them say it differently in the actual like when you actually speak their last released the percent song is it what is it what is is it called percent in english i don't know percent percent i don't know man i don't know either ung ung let's just go with that i think i've mentioned it before but i really love the direction they've gone in these past two comebacks and i really can't wait for their next comeback whenever that may be and then another girl group song i discovered this year it was released last year i believe was exids their song i love you and i don't usually like their music too much not for any other reason besides it's not my vibe, but again, a very catchy song and I like it a lot. Some other songs that I listen to, I tend to listen to songs on repeat. So these were a lot of songs I listened to on repeat. And Flying's Rooftop and Leave It. Rooftop, of course, got them their first win, which was really cool to watch because I've been a fan of them since day one and it's just really cool to see how far they've come. ATs's Say My Name is one that I really loved as well. Monsta X was on Sugar Man last 
last year and they did a cover of the song As I Told You. I can't remember who the original artist is, but the original is really good too. And it's probably in one of my top five songs of this year, even though it was released last year. Another thing that happened this year was Minhyun came back from 101 and he released a solo song called Universe and that was also on replay for a very long time. Jung Sehun's Eye to Eye is a really spring song to me, so I listen to that a lot in spring. It's really light and airy and I'm a really big fan of his voice, so that's a good one. As far as collabs go, Monsta X's collab with French Montana, Who Do You Love, was a very pleasant surprise to me because I tend to not like collabs with Western artists. I don't know if it's just the ones that I found personally, but I feel like they're just not that good most of the time. <laughs> but that one's really good. And not a lot of K-pop plays where I live, even though I do live near Chicago and all that, and usually bigger cities are the ones that get K-pop music to play around them. But Who Do You Love has been on the radio multiple times since this summer, which was really cool. Cool. And another collab that I liked, which was with, I think he's English, and I don't even know how to pronounce his name, because there's no vowels in his stylized name. So <laughs> NCT Dream did a song called Don't Need Your Love with Harvey, I think is what it is. It looks like it would be Harvey. Right? Yeah, that's what I think too. Yeah, so that one was really good too. It's really catchy. I think it has a really good blend between the Korean and the English. Brad Museum is one of my favorite findings of this year. His music is really great. And he hasn't actually released that much, but his EP scene is really good, so you can check him out. He did a song with Dean called Little Boy, and that one's really good. And he also did another collab with Dean, and that was featuring Sully and that's called Dayfly and that one is a really pretty song. I forgot to mention Sully's Goblin. Oh, that was good. Very sad. I want to talk about it. I'm trying to remember because I, I listened to that a few times but I don't remember it well enough to speak on it. I think I did like it though. The music video was just really long. Yeah. It was very pretty mm -hmm. but it's not a thing that you listen to again and again or watch again and again but still pretty. Yeah. It was more of a story I would say than. Yeah. So I've been a casual fan of Pentagon since their debut, but that changed this year because they released their EP Summer and I loved it and it has really great music on it. The song Summer off of that EP is really good as well as the title track Humph and also their diss tracks are really good. So if you haven't heard Round 1 or Round 2, it might be a little bit difficult for, for people who are not fans because there are some inside jokes in it, but they're still pretty funny. Sha La La was also released this year and is in my top three favorites of their songs. Alien is another good one and I saw saw them in Chicago in September and it was probably the best concert that I've ever been to and I just really it was a great experience and I feel like I don't shut up about it and I probably should just <laughs> calm down a little bit it's been two months <laughs> But yeah, a lot of the second half of this year was just me listening to Pentagon and Sam Kim on repeat. And I mean, before that, it was just me listening to Sam Kim on repeat. So there was a little bit of different sounds going on coming into the second half. But yeah, most recently, I've been listening to TXT's Runaway, which I didn't like it when I first listened to it. I mean, I didn't not like it. It just, it didn't really speak to me the first time I listened to it, but then I listened to it again and I really like it now. Golden Child's Let Me, I love. A friend introduced me to them and this song reminds me so much of pop punk. I listened to a lot of pop punk when I was younger. So it just, it feels kind of nostalgic in a weird way. And yeah, that one's really good. Newest's Love Me was really good too. And I've also been listening to SF9's Mamma Mia and Super Junior's Super 
super clap. And I feel like they're all really bright and upbeat and apparently I've been into that. So that was really fun for me. So yeah, my groups of the year probably were Pentagon and then Flying. And I just really re enjoyed all of their releases. What about you guys? What were your groups of the year? Mine would probably be Mamamoo. Like I absolutely love that Brian Ad Girls is back, but Mamamoo has had more releases this year and they've just all been so good. And Hasa is so pretty. <laughs> Anix, your group, year. Oh, I thought you were gonna say somebody else. Um, as in like you had another artist. Oh yeah, no. Uh, for mine, for groups of the year, number one would be Walwardy. Oh, and I just remembered another track that I liked this year was Protagonist by Turtles. I have been a Turtles fan since their second album, which came out in 2004, but I'd never listened to their last release just because I just couldn't do it. But I finally listened to it this year and I'm so sad that I had waited so long. It is a good farewell to the group, in my opinion. I wish that they'd gone on even longer now because it was so good. And like the guy who replaced the member who passed away, he's literally the perfect person, perfect voice for that track, for that group in that time period. Like it was just so perfect. I also listened to the last track that they had recorded before their member passed away and that was also really good. I just remember that. So uh, Walry is definitely uh, my number one. And then two would have to be that this little group who performed a cover of Candy on stage back in September called H.O.T. Little known group. <laughs> oh no wait, they go by High Five of Teenagers. So yeah, uh, those fun fun. It wasn't exactly hard to guess that H.O.T. was gonna be <laughs> your. <laughs> no, like I like this year was great for H.O.T. Like. I never in a million years would have expected that there was a possibility we would get to see Kangta in booty shorts. Like, it didn't actually happen. And yeah, he absolutely deserved, you know, the consequences of his act of his actions. But just the idea, we could have gotten a member shirtless and in booty shorts. I was thrilled. Now we just have to hold out and hope that J1 gets so confident he's going to show off his abs. Like, I just, I have many hopes. Yeah, there's been like a renewed love of HOT for me this year just because of how all of them went and they tried something new. The, even, like, there were some downsides to some things, especially like as a group. Uh, there were a couple of court stuff, but all in all, they really went for a lot of things this year. So, as you know, I'm not super into dramas and I don't think I've actually seen a Korean movie yet, even though I have some on my list to see. I just never got around mm -hmm. to seeing them. But was there any movie drama things from this year you guys liked? I finally saw Train to Busan. That was a great movie. I just remember that JR recommended a movie to me and I thought it was cute. I don't remember what it was. But when I was on the plane, I saw Unstoppable. That was a fun movie. It stars Ma dong -so. I like him. He's so yeah. good. Yeah, well, the, see, the reason why, and also it's got uh, Song Ji-hyo, but the best part about this movie, it's like the Korean version of Die Hard where this tough dude who used to be bigger tough guy He's like, no, I want to try to turn my life around for my lady. And then his lady gets taken. He's like, well, I'm just going to tear everyone apart till I get my lady back. And he just, it's just a fun adventure movie. And he loves his wife so much. And I also like, though, how she was not like the frail little damsel in distress. Like there were times where she was, but there were a lot of times where she fought back and she was trying to help other people. And I just really liked it. It was just dumb fun. Like I really enjoyed that movie. There was another movie that I watched on the plane that I can't 
can't remember. It was the weird one where two people switched bodies and one of them was like a high schooler. Hmm. Told you guys about it. It was weird, but it was really funny just because of the lines in there were so ridiculous. But uh, yeah, that was great. I didn't really see any dramas this year. Like I, oh, I did watch, I think it was this year I watched Autumn in My Heart. Yeah, that was a, that was a drama. I've been meaning to see that. Classic. You should absolutely watch it. You should mainly watch it just because boy, are Korean dramas different today than they were back then. Oh, yeah. Mainly just you mainly should just watch it for the wake up call, <laughs> not because I recommend it. Although I do like the soundtrack, and also there are so many moments in that show where they're very iconic moments. So I have no dramas to recommend, but for movies, I'm going to recommend Unstoppable. That one is just if you want just like a dumb, fun action adventure. But if you're if you're a fan of Die Hard, you're gonna like it. So yeah, sounds good. Yeah, I don't watch that much of anything else besides K-dramas, which sounds kind of bad, but I do occasionally watch other shows. But the thing is, K-dramas are nice because they're packaged in short 16-episode seasons that don't go on for 10 seasons. You know what I mean? It's just, I got so sick of watching American shows that had 25 episodes of just filler and barely any plot. And if they did have plot, it just got more ridiculous as the seasons went on, and I was tired of it. So finding K-dramas was really nice for me. So I did watch older dramas this year, but the ones that I chose to talk about right now are ones from 2019, except for Sky Castle, because... Sky Castle actually started at the end of 2018, but it ended in 2019, and I started watching it in 2019, so I'm going to talk about it now. But yeah, I saw a ton about it, and I saw that it was breaking records left and right for viewership ratings, so I finally decided to watch it, and once I did, I understood why it was so hyped. The acting is incredible. The plot line is really well done, even though it sounds kind of like, it seems like something that has been done before in K-dramas, which it kind of is, but I think they did it in a much better way this time around because it's a little bit more updated and while it's dramatic it's not overly dramatic. Also the OSTs were really good. So that's one that I would recommend. Welcome to Waikiki 2. The first season of Waikiki is one of the funniest things I've seen in my entire life. It had such a great cast and while the second season had a different cast except for one member who reprised his role, it was still pretty good. Yeah it was really hilarious and Both seasons are really good. I do recommend the first one more so than the second one. But if you like the first one, definitely watch the second one. Another one that was really great this year, and if you are a fan of IU, Hotel de Luna was so good. Her acting has gotten so incredible these past few roles she's had. I remember watching her, it might have been Dream High was the first thing I saw her in, and her role wasn't that big. And people were talking about how she was such a great actress, and obviously they weren't talking about that role specifically but that was kind of in my head as I watched it and I was like I don't I don't really I don't know what you guys are saying but as I continued watching her dramas I've come to understand why she is so well loved and that's because she's a really great actress. Also the drama ends really well. If any of you have ever seen a K-drama you will know that a lot of them start off so well. They have such a strong beginning and they fall so flat at the end. It is so disappointing on so many levels. So, I mean, that is one of the bigger downsides of K-dramas. A lot of them have crappy endings. But this one was really good. The set design and the wardrobe are incredible. They're so beautiful. She looks incredible in all of it. And Black Bee's P.O. is in it. And he's really cute. 
Oh, so, yeah. that's it. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. Oh, and also, Gugu Dan's Mina is in it as well, and she's really cute too. Well, her character is kind of back and forth, but by the end of it, you really like her. Last drama. This last one is called Extraordinary You, and I am actually watching it right now. By the time the episode goes up, the ending will have aired, but as of right now, there's still two episodes left, and I am so disappointed that it's ending because it is a really, really good drama. It takes a lot of the usual tropes you see in like high school dramas. It doesn't necessarily turn it on its head, but it shows how cheesy it is, and the characters are really self-aware of that. But yeah, it's really fun. It's characters in a comic book, and they're aware that they're in a comic book and they're trying to change the fate of the comic book which sounds kind of crazy but it's really well done and SF9's Rowan is in it and I've seen every drama he has been in and this is by far his best acting so that was really cool to see and the plot is really just it's just really cool I like that one a lot is there anything else from this year that we have forgotten about there's probably a lot Yes. Uh, going back to HOT, I just remembered that two big things. J1 started a YouTube channel this year where he was vlogging, and he also became a certified boxer this year. So yay for Fancy. J1. He had a very good year this year. Cool. Oh, and then also he June and his wife and their daughter appeared on a show. I don't know if they're still on the show, but... The Return of Superman? I think they left. It forced a lot of people who were just like, oh, he's just the fat old man to think, oh, he actually loves his wife and loves his kid, but he's very dumb. It's like, yeah, welcome to why everyone else like Hee-Joon. He's dumb, but he loves you. Cute. So I watched quite a few Korean movies. I usually don't watch movies. I don't know why. I just tend to not. But this year I watched Swing Kids and it is a really great movie and I highly recommend it. Exo's Dio is in it. He is the main character. And he's probably my favorite idol actor because he's just so good. I think I've seen his entire filmography by now. And he's just, he's so good, guys. I, I really love his acting. But yeah, it's... It's really well written. It's also really sad. It's a war movie which I don't think I knew going into it. I tend to just watch things without looking at their synopsis or anything like that. I just watch them. And then I come out of the movie and they're really sad. And I'm like, I kind of wish I read the synopsis before watching that. So I would have known what I was getting myself into. But I didn't. But that should not deter you because it's a really great movie. And I recommend you watch it. So yeah. It might be time for us to start ending this episode so i hoped you enjoyed listening to us talk about our favorite things again we probably forgot a lot of things that happened this year because k-pop moves fast this year was very eventful like extremely mm -hmm. eventful so that's also hard to decide yeah. on one thing because there was a lot of good and a ton of bad and a ton of weird and questionable things so yeah. A lot of things have probably slipped our mind because we did not think to put stuff together as stuff was happening. We will be smarter next year about that. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so yeah. And now for the question of the day. What was the first track TVXQ and BOA collaborated on? If you know the answer, please let us know on any of our social media accounts and we'll give you a shout out in the next episode. Today's post of the day is about indie rock band Yagwangbyol, or Luminous Star or Night Star, who in 2011 released the album You Probably, with the single Probably Never, which is a wonderful, upbeat rock song, and you should definitely go listen to it. 
Okay, thanks for listening to us talk about our favorite things that were released in 2019. We hope you enjoyed it. We will also have Spotify playlists with all the songs that we mentioned that we can find on Spotify, at least. And that will be linked in the show notes. If you enjoyed listening to us, you can like, rate, and subscribe to our podcast on whatever platform that you are listening to. You can find us on Twitter at KpopSunbays or at our Tumblr k-pop of the day which will be linked in the show notes thanks for listening guys bye bye see you later